Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people. Learn more about our live stream church services, the Walk in Truth podcast, how to donate, and how to find us on social media when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's part two of Pastor Michael's teaching in Ezra chapter one, called The Royal Decree. So Josephus says that Daniel showed Cyrus the prophecy and that Cyrus was so impressed with it that that's what stirred his heart to make this proclamation. Now, we don't know if that's exactly what stirred his heart. We know the Lord stirred his heart, but the Lord often uses his word to stir our hearts. Imagine if a prophecy was pointed out about you before you were ever born. Would that stir you? Would that cause you to want to worship the God of the Bible? There is no doubt about it. And the Bible says that we've been written in the Lamb's book of life from the foundation of the world. Our name was there. God knows your name, brother, sister, friend. If you're watching right now and you're not a Christian, God knows who you are. God may be stirring your heart tonight. He's made a royal decree the royal decree of his law, the royal decree of the gospel. Check this out. This is Isaiah 44, 28. It says, It is I who says of Cyrus, he is my shepherd, and he will perform all my desire. 44, 28 of Isaiah. And he declares of Jerusalem, she will be built. Here's his decree, written 150 years before it happened. And of the temple, your foundation will be laid. Thus says the Lord to Cyrus, notice, he's anointed. He's anointed in the sense that he'll become God's instrument. God anoints him for a purpose. And here, whom I have taken by the right hand, God says of Cyrus, to subdue nations before him. This is something that Cyrus repeats in his proclamation, that the God of the Bible is the one who gave all the world empires to him, if you will, or all these people groups and to loose the loins of kings, to open doors before him so that gates will not be shut. I will go before you and make the rough places smooth. I will shatter the doors of bronze and cut through the iron bars. I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden wealth of secret places so that you may know that it is I, the Lord, the God of Israel, who calls you by your name. For the sake of Jacob, my servant. Now, this is why I'm doing it, God might say to Cyrus. I do it for the sake of Jacob. I do it for the sake of Israel, because Israel is my chosen one. I have also called you by your name. I have given you a title of honor, though you have not known me. Cyrus was a pagan king, and he may have been polytheistic even at this time. We don't know for sure. I am the Lord. Notice what God says. And there is no other besides me. You could say, Cyrus, you may be a polytheist, but besides me, there is no God. I will gird you, though you have not known me, that men may know from the rising to the setting of the sun that there is no one besides me. I am the Lord and there is no other. Keep reading. The one forming light and creating darkness. We can think of the captivity here, causing well-being and creating calamity. I am the Lord who does all these. This is a remarkable prophecy. And if indeed it was shared with Cyrus, which Josephus says it was, it had to stagger him. It had to make him rethink his religious point of view coming from a polytheistic meaning, a belief in many gods. Poly means many. 
Mono means one. We are monotheistic, but many of the cultures of that day and even our day were polytheistic. And in the very chapter, if you turn back to Ezra 1, where God named Cyrus before he was born and before he gives this royal decree to fulfill God's word in regard to his people Israel, well, God says, there's no other God beside me. And this is uh, part of the incredible uh, affirmations that God makes in Isaiah chapters 40 through 48. Go back and study them where he emphatically says, I alone am the true God and there is no other God besides me. I am it. There can be false gods. There can be idols. And that's what got Israel in trouble. That's what got them sent into captivity is they wouldn't return to God and they wouldn't turn from their idolatry. But God says to Cyrus, I'm the only God and I'm the one that's given you your power. Now, in the first year of Cyrus, king of Persia, Ezra 1.1, in order to fulfill the word of the Lord, to fulfill God's purposes, which we saw one prophecy related to it in Isaiah 44 and 45, by the mouth of Jeremiah, the Lord stirred up the spirit of Cyrus. Would you notice that the word of the Lord, which is a major theme in Ezra, Ezra is a man of the word. The word of the Lord is a major theme in Ezra. The word of the Lord came by the mouth of Jeremiah. Now, you know that there's a book called Jeremiah in our Bibles. Jeremiah, the weeping prophet, predicted the downfall of his people. In fact, Jeremiah is largely a bummer book to read. From a very, you know, from really before he was formed in his mama's womb, Jeremiah had been set apart to be a prophet. And uh, he would have to do some hard things in his life and he would get some severe treatment because there was not, he wasn't popular in every circle with what he had to bring. But as he brought prophecy to the people of Israel and calling upon them to repent, he also brought prophecy about the coming captivity and specifically laid out 70 years of captivity. We'll come back to that thought in a moment. But Bible students, I want you to see something very important in chapter 1, verse 1. That the word of the Lord was fulfilled by or through the mouth of Jeremiah. This is an example of how inspiration of the Bible works. God is the ultimate source of Scripture, but he breathes out Scripture through human agency or through human prophets and apostles. So Jeremiah was the mouth by which God spoke his here prophetic word. And we see in the New Testament how God spoke through the mouth of David or the Holy Spirit spoke through the mouth of David. God's word is ultimately from God, but it's through human vessels. And here, just uh, don't pass by it really quick because you can see God fulfilled his word but the word was spoken by Jeremiah, one of the books of our Bible. And the Lord, verse 1, stirred up the spirit of Cyrus. It reminds me that the Lord can stir up whoever he wants to stir up, whenever he wants to stir them up to fulfill his word and his sovereign plan. So let's not freak out. God's not given us a spirit of fear, 2 Timothy 1.7, but power, love, and a sound mind. God is on his throne. He is king of kings and lord of lords, whether it be Nebuchadnezzar, 
who God used and then humbled, whether it be Cyrus, whom God used, whether it be any king that you could name throughout history, whether it be a pharaoh or otherwise, a Roman emperor or otherwise, God is the king above all kings and the Lord above all lords. And that's why you want to make sure that you're worshiping the true God because he is on the throne. And he stirred the heart of this powerful King Cyrus, probably in part by that prophecy in Isaiah 44 and 45. Uh, also, it could just be that the Lord has a way to stir the heart of anybody he wants to because he made us, because he is God. The word stir in Hebrew is an interesting word. It means to wake up. It means to incite. It means to move. And in Hebrews 10, 24 and 25, a, a verse that has become very familiar to a lot of us now because we don't want to forsake the assembling of ourselves together as is the habit of some, but we're to encourage one another. And literally the Greek in Hebrews 10, 24, 25 means to incite one another to love and good deeds. This is a good kind of firing up or inciting. And here it's a similar idea. The Lord stirred Cyrus to fulfill his word. And I mentioned to you recently that I know we're dealing with uh, you know, political stuff in terms of the powers that be and us wanting to get back to worship and you may be a business owner wanting to open up your business. And you know, we often try to balance those things. And I would encourage you to go back and listen to Sunday's message if you're wondering about how to balance that tension. But I'll just say to you, the Lord stirred Cyrus's heart to fulfill his good plan. So let us be praying that the Lord would stir our governor's heart, that the Lord would stir the governor's hearts of different uh, states of the union, that the Lord would continue to work in the White House and in President Trump's life and Vice President Pence's life and, and then on down to Congress and the Senate and local leadership. See, if we're going to have a revival, we want every heart to turn back to God. God doesn't want anybody to perish, but all to come to repentance. And so you can see that Cyrus was stirred by God Almighty, the king of Persia. Uh, you can cross-reference uh, chapter 6, verse 22, if you want to just take a peek with me. There's a repetition of this idea. Write down Proverbs 21.1, and we'll come back to that idea uh, in a moment. But suffice it to say, God stirred his heart, and it was to accomplish his will. Write down Proverbs 21.1 as well. I mentioned to you Ezra's name means God is a help, or you could say God is my help. A major theme is the word of the Lord. And in, at the end of uh, verse 1, chapter 1, a proclamation or a decree was uh, probably shouted by heralds in the principal towns and posted in public, as we see also in the book of Esther, where royal decrees were posted and probably heralded as well. It went out. It went out throughout all his kingdom and it was put in writing. Now, the royal decree came out from King Cyrus, but most importantly, it was generated from heaven. And the most important decrees in life have to do with what God has written in his royal law. He's made royal decrees in our Bibles. He's posted them on our hearts. He's written his law on our hearts. Would to God that we would hear the voice of the herald. 
You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. Life on the go can make it difficult to catch up on your study in the Bible. If you think about it, Walk in Truth with Pastor Michael Lance is here for you, kind of like a daily supplement to help your spiritual growth. You can listen to Walk in Truth whenever you want because it's on podcast too. Subscribe to Walk in Truth on your favorite podcast app. For example, if you have an iPhone, we're on your iPodcast app already on your phone. Walk in Truth is also on iHeartRadio, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and many more. So listen on your hike, during your drive, or while you're getting work done at a coffee shop. Basically, listen whenever you want. Subscribe to the Walk in Truth podcast, available on your favorite podcast app. Hey, Shane Lance here, and I wanted to take a quick moment and encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer. This is a quick read from scripture with a little bit of commentary, and it's a great way to keep you growing in your walk with the Lord. In our crazy society right now, with all the things we jam-pack into our schedule, I'll be the first to admit that sometimes it's hard to find time to study God's Word. But it is so important as we grow in our relationship with the Lord to study His Word. It's such a vital aspect to our walk. You can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Again, that's Step Closer as one word to 33222. We really believe here at Walk in Truth that this can be a great instrument in helping you grow in your relationship with the Lord. So once again, we'd encourage you to subscribe to our devotional called A Step Closer, and you can text Step Closer as one word to 33222. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. I mentioned to you Ezra's name means God is a help, or you could say God is my help. A major theme is the word of the Lord. And in, at the end of uh, verse 1, chapter 1, a proclamation or a decree was uh, probably shouted by heralds in the principal towns and posted in public, as we see also in the book of Esther, where royal decrees were posted and probably heralded as well. It went out. It went out throughout all his kingdom, and it was put in writing. Now, the royal decree came out from King Cyrus, but most importantly, it was generated from heaven. And the most important decrees in life have to do with what God has written in his royal law. He's made royal decrees in our Bibles. He's posted them on our hearts. He's written his law on our hearts. Would to God that we would hear the voice of the heralds. Romans, uh, the book of Romans talks about how will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? How beautiful are the feet who proclaim good news of great joy or glad tidings of good news. See, this is the proclamation that the church makes and we have for some 2,000 years that God sent his son to be the savior of the world. The royal decree from heaven was that Jesus, the ultimate anointed one, would come down and rescue us by divine decree. He would save us from the law of sin and death. And so God is our ultimate help. And uh, the captive people who were sent to Babylon because of their sin of idolatry would now return to the promised land. On a practical note, um, part of what drew me to the book of Ezra, and I prayed about it, of course, as we always do, and then examined several different books of the Bible. And my process is usually I will be praying, Lord, where do you want us to go? And 
I'm uh, studying and looking through different books of the Bible, and the book of Ezra just struck me. And uh, the title, Returning from Captivity for the Big Study, because that's what it's felt like in our lives. We, felt, we have felt like we've been in captivity. Uh, shut in, uh, stay-at-home orders, whatever the name may be. And some of us have had more freedom than others. Some of us have, uh, you know, perhaps been able to go to work. Others of you have lost your job. Some of you uh, have had situations where you haven't had any visitors because of health concerns. And some of you maybe had your company uh, tell you work at home only or they've shut down or whatever it may be. So captivity is a real uh, relevant word of the day. We take our freedom for granted, don't we? The freedom to move around, the freedom to get up in the morning and say, hey, I think I'll go over here today. Hey, I think I'll go to the beach or why don't we go to this restaurant? How about we go hang out and have a cup of coffee over here? How about we go to this restaurant over there? And then all of a sudden restaurants are no longer open. Well, how about we go down to the beach and then beaches are closed? Well, how about we, uh, we go rent a property and then you can't, <laughs> you can't rent a property? Or how about we do this or that and all of a sudden, things that we took for granted, maybe things that we failed to thank God for. Let's be honest. We, we take a lot of things for granted as Americans, including our freedom. Uh, now, all of a sudden, stripped away. Let's, hey, how about we go watch this sporting event? We go to the game. You know, I, I'm a big sports fan. I love to go to the Dodger game. I love to throw on a ball game in the evening or kick back maybe after going to church and watch a golf tournament. Gone, gone, gone. The word captivity, of course, is much stronger than what we're going through because what happened was these captives were forced out of their homeland into some form of slavery. That is, those who survived the sword of Babylon. The word captive is an interesting word. It's Shava in Hebrew. It means when the house is destroyed. It means when you have nothing left to go back to, it's the same concept, says one writer, of burning your bridges. In the ancient world, when an army would come in and destroy a town or a city or a nation, they would often destroy their place of worship and sometimes steal the holy vessels out of that temple to put them in the temple of their God. And it was a statement that something like this, our God is stronger than your God, therefore that's why we were able to destroy your place of worship or places of worship because there were often multiple ones to multiple gods and goddesses. And we were able to take your holy you know, objects and put them in the house of our God. That happened, remember in the Bible, when the, uh, the Ark of the Covenant was taken and put in the house of Dagon. And that didn't go well for, for Dagon, right? He, that false god fell over. And so we, we know that even when God allowed the ark to be taken, a message, a clear message was sent who the true God is. But Nebuchadnezzar was allowed to take those holy vessels out and bring them into the house of his God in Shinar, another name for Babylon. But he was also able to take the people of God out of the promised land. And the people of God were defiling the temple with idolatry. They had... Uh, built high places. They would have a good king, but then they would have a bad king. And in fact, when Nebuchadnezzar besieges Jerusalem in Daniel chapter one, it's because a bad king is on the throne. 
and he has uh, done evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord said, enough is enough. And so Nebuchadnezzar came in and destroyed the temple and took the holy objects and took people away. And in that first wave of captives went Daniel. And what they would do, ancient armies would take captives, prisoners to the brow of a hill and they would burn your city, your houses, your place of worship or places of worship in front of you as if to say, don't think about coming back here because you have nothing to come back to. Your houses, your towns, your places of worship are gone. You will now serve us. And they would take the captives into their own land as prisoners of war and they would rename them. Often the names were associated with their gods and they would indoctrinate them. They would put them through a, 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 a redoctrination process or basically orient them towards their own culture. This had to be a hard thing for any people, especially the Jewish people who so thought so highly of the temple. Their city was considered the holy city. God wrote his name there. He said, forever the name of Jerusalem, the city of peace, the city of God. To be taken out of there to watch the temple raised to the ground, destroyed by a pagan army, to be carried off captive, your royalty, all of your leaders, everybody taken out of your homeland was, there's, there's no words, but devastating. So to make a comparison to now, you understand what I'm, what I'm doing here. It's a bit tongue-in-cheek. Uh, but I know for some of you, this captivity has been nonetheless real. It's been hard. Because you've had things that you were used to stripped away. And that's what happened to the people of Israel. And they were, they said, how can we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? Their captors would say to them, hey, sing one of those worship songs the way you used to sing back in your homeland. And they, they said, how can we sing the Lord's song in a foreign land? They were devastated. But God's word came to pass, which he spoke through Jeremiah. And his word was this, 70 years of captivity are coming on my people. You've been listening to The Royal Decree, Part 2 on Walk in Truth, Pastor Michael's teaching in Ezra, Chapter 1. And if you'd like to watch the video of this teaching, which also includes a time of worship, you can subscribe to the Living Truth Christian Fellowship YouTube channel. Visit walkintruth.com and click on church, or just find us on your YouTube app. And make sure you click the bell after you subscribe to our YouTube channel, because then you'll be notified every time Pastor Michael goes live. Like this Sunday morning, we'll be streaming live at 9 a.m. Pacific time. You'll find something a little different when you watch this Sunday. Anyway, you can find the Living Truth Christian Fellowship YouTube channel when you visit walkintruth.com and click on church. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, if you're a pastor listening right now to Walking in Truth, thank you, brother, for joining us. And I appreciate you and your ministry. And I understand uh, this is my 22nd year as a senior pastor and my 25th year after being ordained. Uh, so I've seen quite a bit in the church over the years, experienced quite a bit, have not arrived but uh, I can think of the pastor's heart out there who's thinking about navigating the times in your own fellowship right now, wherever city you may listen, uh, wherever you may be, 
and uh, everything that you're having to consider and pray through along with your other pastors, if, if you have others, or your board, or maybe you're flying solo, and my heart goes out to you as well if you are. Hey, if we could pray for you, we'd love for you to reach out to us. Go to walkintruth.com and submit prayer requests there. Let us know. If we can be an encouragement to you, we'd love to pray for you. And uh, you can reach out to us. You can, you can write to us at contact at walkintruth.com contact at walkintruth.com. That's how you can also support us. You can mail uh, a letter if you'd like to P.O. Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. One more time, Box 2063, Corona, California, 92878. Well, I'd love you to join us on Sunday morning for a live stream of our church service here at Living Truth Christian Fellowship in the city of Corona. That's where I have the privilege of serving as senior pastor. It's a great church. It's actually the church behind Walk in Truth. So we're excited about live streaming our services on our YouTube channel. You can go to walkintruth.com, click on church, you'll get to our YouTube channel, and we'll be streaming at 9 a.m. So our second service will stream at 9 a.m., and you can check that out on YouTube. And uh, tell a friend about what you're hearing. Have a beautiful Lord's Day. And we'll catch you next time on the broadcast. And one more thing. Walk in Truth is a listener-supported program. Your $5 donation is so appreciated. So please give a donation if you can at walkintruth.com. And come back next week for part three of Pastor Michael's teaching in Ezra chapter one called The Royal Decree. I'm Mike Massaro. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.